she said, hey, would you like to draw my book? And I was like, you don't know what you've gotten yourself into. Because they don't, don't know. really know. Ash, why is it so pointy? Welcome to Rated NA episode number 73 for the website nerdappropriate.com. 73, that was weird to say, I'm going to be honest. That was it's a weird so number. Weird. It's like a weird don't number. Say that number a lot. And it's a no. big number. It's kind of a big number. We're getting close to 100. It's kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. Wow. What happens in episode 100? I poop myself. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's going to be the best episode ever. It's going to happen. We, do, we just do a clips episode where we put like no effort into the production of the show. <laughs> Kind of remember like that time the podcast yeah. clip show oh, no. <laughs> what a horrible podcast idea it'd be great no it's gonna be scott's like repository of all our mess ups oh my gosh i cannot wait to hear I'll that all right with that it's only so much time in the day all this he is way over what? an hour and a half of mess ups yeah oh man that would be the best episode <laughs> so uh, so what are we talking about today guys well um Scott, Hillary, and myself have returned from PAX East in Seattle. No, you and, didn't. Uh, PAX. Oops. Oh, yeah. Prime. <laughs> PAX Prime. PAX Prime. Sorry. PAX take East is two. now in Seattle. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> PAX take Prime two. in China. Wait, Scott. wait, 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 wait. Why does the East Coast get to hold dominance over just the word PAX? PAX Prime has always been in Seattle, and it's always just been PAX. <laughs> PAX East started later because all of the East Coast people were lazy. What's PAX Australia going to be called? Yeah, right? PAX Australia. PAX Upside Down. <laughs> PAX, PAX Reverse Toilets. Oh, man. <laughs> PAX Not Prime. <laughs> PAX Body Spray. I, I was trying to think PAX of a PAX Strip uh, on the Bobby. <laughs> Whoa. No? Wow. <laughs> I would love to have a t-shirt that said that. PAX, PAX That's Not Shrimp a Knife. On the Barbie. I got more. I can keep going, guys. Uh, good but it's not, that's not a knife. This is a knife. They should just call it Pax Hogan. Crikey. <laughs> yes. Pax All Hogan right. Would be we the just best. lost our 10 listeners with that introduction. Uh-oh. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> oh, so um, Hillary, Scott, and myself are back from Pax Prime in Seattle. Sorry, I was already thinking about East. And uh, we had a good old time. So we're going to talk about a lot of the stuff that we saw at PAX and a lot of the people that we met and all the adventures that were had. And we might cry because we had such a good time. And there was a a cadre of tech news as well that I think we're going to hit on really quick at the top. Yeah. And that'll be be that, right? We we have a question. question. Yes. Cold medicine. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Cold and medicine. it's called the nerd appropriate question of the week. What is, that? what is that quatwa, as I call it? You all I'll get it, add, in it. Don't worry. I'll add more letters to this now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Are we still singing stained? Yeah. So the question is in honor of our PAX coverage what is your favorite PAX slash con memory of all time? Yeah, yes. we're missing there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna improv. I'm gonna say time at the end of that sentence. <laughs> I think, I think one member of this podcast should always be on some kind of medication. Mood, it's really mood. fantastic. Yeah, there you go. It's I feel awesome like I'm on like a not me this time. right now. 
I know. It usually, it usually is. One of us is usually sick every single time, so it works out pretty well that way. So, uh, uh, what games and such are we going to talk about for our... Um, this is the weirdest oil- rundown we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely out of order. <laughs> well, going. maybe that was sufficient. Maybe that was a sufficient... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hear things I kinda, like dropping in the background. I don't I know how to do this. You guys just want to start over? <laughs> no, no, this, this is great. Is awesome. This is podcast gold. This is been horrible. A while. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we just let's talk just, about what, 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 what we've been, been doing? doing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Scott, what have you been doing? Uh, well, you know, I went to I went to PAX and that was cool. Sweet. Um. I'm actually playing through my second playthrough of The Witcher. Uh, and you're yeah, going I mean, be... with Yorvik this time? Because I am. Because went with Roach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and D the P kind of egged me on into uh, 100%ing that game. So I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. So You too and you're... <sighs> I know. Speed. And then I have to go out of town again next week on business. You'll so never that's... catch him. Especially since he keeps sabotaging his own plane so he doesn't have to fly. <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> I think I'll just throw a banana peel in there three weeks off, boom yeah, a banana peel that's how planes work <laughs> Yeah, man. the slightest banana peel will ruin a plane yeah, and then he gets three weeks off so he can beat Scott's gamer score, I know his schemes oh, I'm, I'm never going to catch him but I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm actually enjoying the game so I, I'm not opposed to it is what can I'm trying you, to say can you tell us what your secret conference is next week? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not really interesting. It's just the thing I work on is having a meeting, so I have to go oh to it. Oh my god, the thing you work on. So does a it have com- to do with blood a- or cyanide? No, it does not. Does it, it have to just- do with assassinations? Robots? Uh, no. How about robots? Yes, robots. It has something to do with robots and research. So it's not a conference. And That's what I was asking. I it's a, it's, yeah, it's more like a meeting, not, wow. not, not a conference, okay. if you will. Oh, okay. So secretive. Yeah, so that'll be a thing that I do. Anyways, Ash, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I got back from PAX, uh, let's see, Monday morning. We had the red eye. We had yeah. the red eye. <laughs> <laughs> so we flew on the red eye, and uh, I went back to work the next morning. So it's been kind of uh, nonstop since I've been back, you know, working, 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 and trying to get out as much content, PAX content as possible. Um Still way, way behind on that, so apologize to readers slash listeners, but it will get out. It's Most of the articles have at least been started, but it's taken me a little while to get them done. Just just save the articles we have up there, guys. It's coming. I promise. Yeah, yeah they're coming. I know you're just <laughs> you're waiting with bated breath to find out what I think of, like, some, you know, iPad game. You're drooling. You're drooling. Wow. Yeah. Really building those articles up, Ash. <laughs> oh, boy. Really creating Here's... that suspense. I didn't name the game I was talking about. I just said some iPad. <laughs> so um, other than that, let's see. I mean, it, it's just been crazy. It's been re- really busy and really fun. And, um, you know, I'm eager to get content out there. And I was eager to podcast with you guys. All right. Hillary, how about you? Hey. Um, I was at PAX. Yeah. And I worked at the Bioware base. Yep. Um, so it was really fun. I got to hang out with the Bioware people. And got to see a bunch of cool folks uh, at the show. And basically, that's all I've been doing. Just my day job and Bioware. So that's fun. Yes. That's awesome. Anything bad? Matt, Matt, anything bad? 
No, he said that ain't bad. Oh, <laughs> anything bad? Wow. Anything bad? You want to talk <laughs> about any shitty stuff? So, Oprah. No, I'm good. <laughs> Where'd you hide the body? Whoa. <laughs> In your bag. What, what is, is happening? I don't know. <laughs> Must get back on track. Uh, so, me, I know you guys are waiting for me to say what mine so, is. So, Matt, what's going Wait, on so with you? About this. I got sick over the holiday weekend. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Um, what did I do? We didn't really... Oh, I took Melissa to the Avengers. They reopened the Avengers, so Melissa finally got to see the Avengers in theaters. That is How cool. How did she not see that movie? Um, we ended up not going. I don't remember. I saw it without her, and then she didn't get to see it in Florida, and then somehow we just never made it. And then uh, they decided to reopen it for the holiday weekend only in theaters. And we were like, ah, so we'll go. And we went. She loved it. Um, We did go very late. So it was like from 1030 to like one in the morning. And, you know, you know, them ladies, they get tired or something. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really sick. And uh, (laughs) and then uh, uh, she loved it, though. It was good. And then I played more Ghost Recon, a bunch more Ghost Ooh, Recon, which I nice. love. I'm really, really enjoying that game. And nice. a few new uh, Nexus 7 games. There's a game called Horn by Zynga that's uh, kind of like an Infinity Blade ripoff, I guess. But it's done you really don't say. Well. Yeah, I know. But it's done really well, and I don't have Infinity Blade, so I don't really care. So yeah. I'm happy to have a, a really nice 3D game on the Nexus. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, Matt, to yes. uh, tell us about those Nokia phones because I know you're totally jonesing for them. Going to get one whenever they tell me I can. Uh, so Nokia had a Microsoft Co. event this week in New York. It was actually yesterday. It was Wednesday. And uh, yes- yesterday and today were like the weird plethora of events this week. So um, yesterday was Nokia and Microsoft. So they released two brand new phones, the Nokia Lumia 820 and the, Lo- and the Lumia 920. Uh, they're both Windows 8 phones. They're both pretty awesome looking. They they're look kind of, awesome. Follow the Lumia design where they're they're that polycarbonate plastic and they're really bright kind of adventurous colors. So there's mm-hmm. yellow, red, and I don't think there's cyan this year, but there's yellow, red, gray. Uh, was there white? And I think a couple others. Um, they look really good. I mean, they honestly, they are kind of the antithesis to that Samsung iPhone argument. They have their own design. You know, Windows 8 clearly stands on its own two feet as far as a UI and, a, and an operating system goes. Uh, it's a dual-core 1.5 gigahertz Snapdragon processor with 32 gig storage, a gig of RAM. Uh, it's got that key wireless charging, so you can actually just put it on a station, and it'll charge without having to plug it into anything. That is awesome. Uh, you that know, is really cool. Shares the it's the it's kind of Windows. Um, flagship phone like they've partnered with nokia to do these phones so it actually shares the same kernel that's going to be on the windows rt and and windows 8 laptops and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of amazing i I think they're they're really pulling together a really unified system and it's very exciting to see like samsung released one the week before and it just looks like a samsung phone and it doesn't really look that exciting and i just kind of was like okay but this nokia stuff i think is is pretty slick um, is it safe to assume that these might appear around the same time as Windows 8, like sometime in October? They're being dodgy about the dates because they ha- I don't think they've given an official Windows 8 date, have they? They just said October, I think is all yeah, they said. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. 
So I think they're being... Didn't didn't they say that it's... I mean, isn't the speculation that it's going to be October 26th, the same day that the Surface is supposedly coming out? That's correct. That's the the rumor, but there's no real... uh, They even give Surface a solid date. I think these are all pretty much just blogs making up best guesses as to when things... I hope it is the 26th. I have to have that. So, <laughs> I'm excited. I actually want to get the Surface 2 and the Windows 8 phone. I'm kind of ready to try something other than Android, and, and I don't really want to do the iPhone. So this may be the thing that I pick up. There uh, you go. Also, uh, Motorola had an event yesterday. They announced three new Android phones. They were all Droid Razor phones, and they're three different versions. They all look nice. You know, I just Somebody made a point on one of the blogs that, like, uh, Apple's putting out phones that look like they belong in your hand right now. You know, Motorola's mm-hmm. putting in f- phones that look like they belonged in your hand ten years ago, and Nokia's putting out this kind of like crazy future-looking phone that no one's really doing yet. So it's kind of interesting to see that triad of things coming out at the same time. And then I think next, it's week's strange good. that so I think it's strange they still roll with that Droid brand. You know, when the you know when Google's making their own phones or at least brand you know like you don't need this extra stuff anymore you know I'll be honest like I bought the Droid X and was super happy with it for the first year and it fell apart so quickly that I will never buy a Motorola phone again it's Lame. that shitty like it just just it's like disintegrated essentially in the matter of a few months so super lame not very happy about it but yeah so Motorola announced, announced that and then uh iPhone is next week the big iPhone event September 12th is going to be 6 or 5 yeah. It's just going to be an uh, implant you plug your brain into. It's big. It's going to be 4.5 inch, I think, this this time or something like that is what they said. It's a bigger phone. Hmm. Do you know what the... Is it going to be Siri or do you think they'll upgrade the assistant? Oh, who knows? iPhone stuff is like so... I don't play the game of trying to predict it because it's like so ridiculously... I heard the new assistant is going to be Omar. And he's going to be like, hello, it is me, Omar. (laughs) Oh, I talked over it. Go ahead, do it again. Oh, what would you like to do? It is me, Omar. And then he'll Wait, answer any of your questions. Whoa, whoa. Why is Omar Dracula? Yeah. That's all I want to know. That I was a Dracula can it, yeah. can it be Count Chocula? I had no idea what accent that was. I just kind of made it up. So <laughs> what don't... Was, was like Omar can sound any way I want Omar to sound. Thank you. What no, it... honestly, what I'm, what I'm really surprised about is that you didn't pull out another Bane impression. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Oh, that's coming later. <laughs> Bane, where's the nearest pizza restaurant? <laughs> no, I can't get it. Maybe That's later. That's Stay tuned, everybody. It's yeah. coming. Uh, so along with other tech announcements, since this is, I'm not going to be talking for the next hour. Let's just get through this. Uh, Amazon ha- had their big event today. And as Scott pointed out, they have now officially reached too many Kindles. Uh, yeah. They've announced way too many Kindles. I don't even know. There's like seven that they announced today, it felt like. Um, and are they still keeping the keyboard one, too? Let's see. I'm going to go to their official page and find out what they're actually selling right now. So they're selling what they announced today. I can do that while you're looking that up. What they announced today was an upgraded uh, regular Kindle. So that's the same $69 one. I think it's $79 now, and it's black instead of silver. And it's got some upgraded processing power in it. It's faster refresh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the new e-ink thing they they released is called Paper White, which yep. is weird to say. Because it sounds like paperweight. Yeah, it's paper white. And uh, it You're is... You're saying paperweight wrong, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the same... It's the, the wrong emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> on the wrong, on the wrong syllable. syllable. Uh, we all jumped on that joke, everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Team Team A. Uh, like it's called Piper White. <laughs> go Mash. So, if you've seen the Nook, uh, I forget what Nook calls theirs. Nook already put this out, but it's basically a backlit e-ink screen. Um, so now you can read your e-ink at night without a light, without a book light. I kind of oh, that's want cool. It. Uh, but this one, the thing they're saying is it's still e-ink, so it's still got the really you know high definition text and everything, and that the light kind of glows or emanates instead of just being like an LED light in your face. So it's supposed to be easier to read without straining your eyes so much at night. Um, you know, sounds neat. Uh, I don't. Is it touch, Scott? I don't remember. Okay, so I found the information we are looking for. So the paper white Kindles are the touch models now. So am I still here? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, the sort of the cheaper Kindle is like a black Kindle with the five-way controller, right. and then they're still selling. Oh, it's Kindle... got to be the, the black Kindle. Jeez. I'm just saying. No, Are you serious? I think last time it was silver, is what I'm trying to say. I think last generation. Uh, so the so the Kindle Paperwhite is coming in two models, right? One with free 3G and one without. That is correct. The one without is 99, I think. No, nope. uh, 179 for the 3G and 119 for the one without. The one without. Uh, and then they announced. Uh, fuck, I don't even know. Four new Kindle Fires. I think three. There's a a Kindle Fire HD with a seven inch screen, and then there's a Kindle Fire HD. There's two models of that one that are eight point nine inch screens. Right. And then the the high higher end one has four G LTE. But they also announced an upgraded Kindle Fire, not HD. That is, the, I think that is the Kindle Fire. Oh wait. Oh, hold on. So, too many Kindles. The Kindle Fire got upgraded essentially. Yes. And then there's the, and that's still the seven inch. It's the same exact thing, just with better specs. So okay, you're right. There is a Kindle Fire and yes. a Kindle Fire HD. Yeah. And the HD one just has like up to 720p HD resolution. Right. And the HD is it's over 200, right? They broke the 200 dollars barrier. No, the Kindle Fire HD is 199. So that's still 199. Okay. The 8.9 inch screen is 300 and the 8.9 inch with 4g lte is 500 dollars. but the data plan is only like 50 dollars a year if i'm not mistaken yes you are not and you get all all kinds of cloud storage with it so that's do you get a prime account with it or no oh i don't know prime account probably not yeah because isn't isn't prime like 70 dollars a year Yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah this is a lot of kindles um I kind of think it's going to backfire a little uh, because I think the great thing about the Kindle was that they were just like, here's the thing. It's a Kindle Fire. It's 200 bucks, And everybody was like, shit, and just bought the hell out of it. You just buy the one. Yeah, and now they're like, here's a bunch of Kindle things, and they all cost different prices, and now we have to explain things to you about why they're different and why you should get one and not this one, and this is what this one's good for, and it's like, that's always where marketing plans fail. That's why the iPad does so well, because it's like, here's the iPad, it's a thing, buy it. And you're like, okay. you know, like, That's true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't buy one. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, you gotta be the counterpoint, don't you? Jeez. <laughs> Points, counterpoint. <laughs> so... I know I, I tweeted you, Hillary, today. Are you are you gonna uh, you're gonna get the uh, upgraded one? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit time. torn because I I really my heart is saying I want the Surface so bad. And uh, do I justify buying a new Kindle right now and then well, a month of... later buy a Surface? Because that's kind of lame. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I think I think for me it depends on what the screen size of the surface will be. Like I would really prefer to have a smaller surface, but I think it's going to be probably around the eight to eight point nine inch size. Yeah, I guess I just I, I do got, not well, think it's going to be ten, and I don't think it's going to be seven. Well, that's okay. I just yeah. need to hold it in my hand, see how yeah. it feels. Whoa. Uh, and I have so that, many jokes that I'm just not saying right now. I just let it hang out Quiet. there for a second. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> keep keep going. Keep going, Scott. Keep going. <laughs> I just I just let that one hang out yeah, there. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Oh, Maybe we should talk about packs. That'll be uh, fun. Well, hold on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just or whatever. Let's just do it. <laughs> it. Wow. What was that? Wait. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to take brain, a break? My brain broke for like a second. So I would just like to up. say that the last podcast, I don't think that there was anything wrong in this in the way that I said a certain word, and now I can't remember the word. I would like to say that Ash felt like the last podcast was really crappy, and I actually listened to it, thought it was totally fine. I don't know what, what the deal was. Actually, I didn't hear the last podcast because my phone didn't download it correctly. So You wrote, I... sorry for the last podcast, guys, as a comment on the podcast. Oh, well, I remember <laughs> when we recorded it, when we recorded the last one, I felt like it was pandemonium, and we were talking about, like, crotches and stuff the whole time. Oh, but you I don't mean, know like, today? <laughs> you talked about Sarlacc Snagglepussy the entire yes! time. Yes! Right. I don't know that we talked about I mean. crotches the entire time. That's right, and then Scott was yes. like, you know, you should, Scott's like, you should draw Snar- Sarlacc Snagglepussy as the, the cover art for yes. the episode. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> this podcast needs to be no, and then you said I sounded robotic and Canadian. Why Canadian? I still don't understand. Because I said, Sarlacc Snagglepussy. You do kind of sound Canadian on occasion. Mm. Like, what? you sound like just a step away from saying a boot. Seriously? <laughs> Sometimes. A little bit. Sometimes. You secretly yeah. Canadian. I would just like to say, okay, I'm, I'm prefacing again. A- episode 56, someone said I sounded British. Could you make up your minds already? <laughs> Could have been me. Maybe, it's just, maybe you just have different things that say different things. Yeah. That wasn't a sentence. Nope. Maybe you say different things that sound like different things, is what I was trying to say. Apparently. <laughs> I sound like bastardized Southern. It's all right. Man, I need to hear this episode now. Kind of easily. I forgot all right. Sarlacc. He was my what buddy. I, what I was saying, why I paused it, Scott, was because I thought we were going to like do a break and then do... Oh, yeah, we should probably go into the reviews, not just continue. <laughs> Although I feel like basically that's what we just did. <laughs> I'll cut some music in there somewhere. All right. <laughs> Let's finish this episode. Well, let's talk about packs, you guys. Packs, packs, baby. <laughs> if, you, if you couldn't tell what that was, Ash, was that you were your picture was like over here, and I just totally looked at you like, oh god, is he really doing that? And then, and then I looked away. Oh, okay. you probably missed that, but that's what that was. Sorry, wow. sorry. It's been sorry. a while. Oh lord. This is a singy episode. Back to the old shenanigans. So yeah, we um we went to PAX and we saw a lot of games. We touched a lot of games with our hands, and we're gonna talk about those games that we touched. But we, we also we're met a lot about of people. Some of yeah, we met a lot of really in in all seriousness. I know this is kind of a ridiculous episode because we're all kind of tired, but um we did meet um a lot of great people, and uh, we're gonna talk about them. It's gonna be a love fest, and. Uh, 
let's go ahead and start with our nerd appropriates night out which is was um our community night i guess is what you can call it and uh with the help of our friend uh, bethany we organized uh, what was supposed to be a uh intimate gathering of of friends and uh listeners and readers and just folks that we know uh, over the years and uh, we met at a place called Cafe Fonte in Seattle. And um, Bethany actually reserved like a, a nice chunk of the cafe. And then we helped gather some people together. And we met there on the Thursday before PAX started. And it turned out to be like one of the, I mean, the highlights of like all of my, all the cons I've ever been to since, you know, geez, since I was a little kid, this was probably up there on the list of the coolest things that, that I've ever done. So it was just awesome. It was like everything that you community and you think about like online friends. This was sort of like the apex of that of that situation for me. It was it was awesome. It was just great to see everyone. Yeah, we um we finally got to meet our uh podcast BFS at um Reset Transmission too, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And they were um, they were incredible. They were so nice. Yeah, it was like uh, there was no no catch up time. It like a lot with all the people we met. I feel like it was just kind of like, hey, we've been interacting online forever, and now we're here, and it's totally normal. You know, that's kind of like that's kind of the vibe I got. You know, over the weekend. I don't know if you felt the same way. No, I did too. It wasn't really weird or or awkward at all. I mean, maybe the first like minute where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, this this I is felt- you in person. Well, you I felt a little shiver. awkward when I showed up late and everyone well, was like staring at me like, ah, ha, 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 ha. I'm late. You your that did not version. happen. Yeah, it did. It totally happened. Oh so um, the night out was amazing. I mean, just having everyone there from online and then the press reset folks and, um, you know, having Allie Hillis there and, and a lot of the Bioware crew. It was kind of a, a meeting of the minds or melding of the worlds, or I don't even know what I'm looking for right now. But because yeah, I was, minds. I don't know. <laughs> because I, <laughs> it was just kind of weird having the two worlds collide. How about that metaphor? No, no. Um, that, yeah, because true. you know I was working the event with the same people, and then obviously hanging out with you guys. It was just kind of cool to have everything all come together. Um, I did show up late. So um, I did get lost, just FYI. My, my plane landed a little bit later. I wasn't, like, trying to diss anyone or anything. So okay. I showed up a bit late, and as soon as I walked in, like, everyone was like, who's that? <laughs> what? No. I don't think, I don't think that happened. You were. Yes. Fine. It was, it was awkward, and then I got over it. And then everybody else started showing up, too. And it was, so, it was so much fun. That was honestly probably the highlight of the convention. It was oh. so much fun. It was it was awesome, and I, the my my probably favorite part was you know I I had been talking to Ali Hillis for a while about about showing up, and I was just like, you know, it'd be great if you could show up and and drop by, and she was like, yeah, I'll do it, and you know, the whole time I'm like, if she does, that's awesome. If she doesn't, that's totally fine. I know she's probably, you know, has a lot of other stuff going on as well, but she totally did show up and made so many people incredibly like ridiculously happy because there were a lot of you know fans there too. It wasn't just like mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a media event. It wasn't an industry event. It was, it was literally just a mellow just, kind of thing. Yeah, it was just, just a gathering of all sorts of just... different people. So there were press people there. There were industry people there. There were you know community people there and, and then there were you know Allie and her husband showed up which was just incredible 
Well, it was one of those really special events where you actually get to talk to every single person that was there. And that doesn't happen very often when you have like a big group of people. I felt like everybody was talking to everybody else. So there no, was I agree. drama, like everybody, you know, had things to discuss. And it was it was just a really cool vibe. I think everybody was just super happy to be there to celebrate, you know, gaming and the community and just all come together. It was it was amazing. I had such a great time. It was neat. And I think the fact that we we scheduled it for before PAX actually started, before people got tired, it was just a great way to kick off the con because no one was pissed off. No one was exhausted. Everyone was like eager for the con to start. So everyone had this like really this this great positive energy. And they brought that with them to this little gathering. And, um, you know, like Hillary was saying, there were a lot of people that I had been like just tweeting at for over a year that I met there for the very first time. And actually got to you know hang out and have a conversation with them. So that was just really really cool, you know. And and everyone was very polite to one another, and um, they, they were respectful of like you know the developers and stuff that showed up. So it was it was really just neat, and you know it made me really um, proud to be part of Nerd Appropriate, and made me proud to like have such awesome people that you know like the stuff that we do. I mean that was just a really a great moment, you know. Yeah, that was nice too. I think maybe a good way to contrast this party would be to talk about the party that we went to the next night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it was a little loud. It was it was fun though. I mean, so I just want to give a quick shout out to to Stone, my friend at um, Ubisoft, that helped put, help get us on the list and and get us invited. Um, it was just really cool to to go there and hang out with um, you know the UB team and yeah, it was fun and wow. Yeah, no, it was just cool to be part of like the, you know, Assassin's Creed 3 hype and party. And um, I, I had a really great time. I think, you know, it was a huge venue. It was like a maze. It was so big. Yes. And then, you know, just running into random people that you would see throughout the day and, and then see them there in this t- totally different environment. It was actually kind of fun. I liked it. No, it was definitely it was um, an, a different sort of industry party where, uh, you know, I was at, saying telling Scott, I'm like, a lot of people that were at that, I'm like, I couldn't even fathom them like playing video games. So I wondered kind of like where they came from. But I mean, it yeah. was, you know, it was Ubisoft and it was the Frag Dolls and then there was a PMS clan there, too. So there were a lot of like, you know, targets for gentlemen like that, if you will. <laughs> yeah. What? No. So so what happened? So basically how it worked <laughs> Is um you know we we were invited on VIP which is really really nice um so you know we just got, went to the front of the line had no issues it was fantastic so they Apparently also you did up. yeah they, oh, they kind of neither? like they like did a DNA test on Scott and I they're like are you sure you're on this fucking list they're like <laughs> oh. yeah, your list and we're like all right and they're like are you sure that you're this person come on but now. on the flip side we <laughs> did get to see we did get to see an attempted uh, robbery of the convenience store next door. Yeah. Story. Oh, wow. I didn't tell you that story. Yeah. So this, dude... this gentleman came running out, right? And then what happened, Scott? Uh, a, pretty much a dude tried to steal, like, look like a, a six pack of tall boys. And then the uh, uh, the nice little Asian couple that, that ran the convenience store ran out and basically uh, lightly tapped on the guy until he dropped all of the beers and then staggered away. More like they were, like, wildly swinging on his, <laughs> on his entire body. And the woman was like, five foot one maybe like 89 pounds and probably like about 60 years old and she was just beating the tar out of this guy and oh swearing God. at him in some strange dialect from another world in front of an entire crowd of nightclub goers which was, yes. which was quite interesting 
And there oh. might have been some booty bass in the background as it was happening. It's yeah. pretty great. Oh, no. No, so the event was really fun. It was really loud. I mean, there were definitely some guys there that, you know, went a little too far. Really? You know, I got called a douchebag. Oh! I got called a douchebag. Tell that story. Yes. <laughs> so the funny part I almost is... Forgot. How did I forget? The douchebag guy, yeah. So uh, essentially upstairs um, is multiple floors in this gargantuan bass booming club, right? And there aren't very many seats on the couch. And I, I was lucky enough to have a seat on the couch. And there was a large man who also wanted a seat on the couch. And so he tried to keep, like, essentially stealing seats from whoever he could whenever they got up to, like, get a drink or something. So he tried to steal a seat from this one couple. And the guy told him to take a hike. And he got super pissy. And then he um, he, he sat down on some of our friend's stuff. Like, literally plopped his ass down on one of our friend's stuff. And then um, myself and our friend Bethany were like, hey, that's our friend's stuff. And he got so freaking agitated. He ended up calling us douchebags and like, like yelled at us. Yeah, it was amazing. And then he went over to Hillary, I guess, and, and tried to mack on her. Yeah. <laughs> which that was the second that, part which, of the story. Well, which really kind of is, is super awkward because um, I was there with my good buddy, Mike Gamble, and then some other some other of the BioWare devs were the, uh, that I brought with me. And, um, you know, here's this guy who's ginormous. He puts his arm around me and he tries to kiss me Whoa. on the cheek. And, and already I, I'm like so uncomfortable. I mean, obviously. So I'm sitting there at the bar just trying to get a drink. And this guy's harassing me. And I'm like, this can't go down. Like, I know that these guys are like super awesome, you know, humble, amazing guys. And they will come to my defense. And that is not cool. Because the, the last thing I need is to have, you know, <laughs> people show up for panels with black guys, you know? Yeah. Or like a busted nose or something, you know. So, yeah, it was it was bad. Apparently, times. that so, guy apparently that guy had enjoyed the open bar, and we just were not aware of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, was, I don't want to. I don't want to turn the podcast on this, but you guys heard about the Mojang thing too, right? The thing that happened at the Minecraft party. No. What's that? Oh, this has been like all over the internet. So there was a girl at the Minecraft party, and uh, she had been drinking and dancing, and she was like, "Oh, I think she's her." husband or boyfriend is like a dev at one of the companies and then she's a like a blogger or i don't know she she works in the game industry too i believe and um this was on her personal blog she posted it but it went all over the place but she was at the minecraft party and some guy walked over to her she was just sitting on the couch like reading her phone like clearly just trying to relax and not do anything for a minute because she's been dancing and drinking all night and the guy walked up and he started talking to her and she just kind of was like being nice she's like oh hey yeah. Uh, and then she said, like, it got skeevy really quick. Like, he started talking about pictures of boobs that he had taken at the con or something. What? And then oh, started showing them to her. And she was like, I should have been like, okay, this is way out of bounds. I need to leave, like, right now. And she kind of said she was just like, uh, okay, cool. And then he started talking about his penis size. And then before oh. he knew it... Before she knew it, he had grabbed her hand and put it on his junk, which was out of his pants. Whoa. What? Oh, my and God. And she got up and, like, like pushed him and then started, like, walking off and told security. And security was just kind of like, what do you want us to do about it? Oh, geez. And, well, like, oh, that wow. was kind of the end of it. And it kind of all exploded on the Internet. But I feel like we need to, like, put a YouTube series together about how to not be a complete... I did not be a complete jackass at these cons because I've heard these stories way too much about dudes at 
this kind that just I, I just can't even understand the mental yeah, no, state understand. to come up and like try to hug and kiss a girl without even you know her. what though to be fair like this is not exclusive to the video game industry no, and if you can go sure. to any bar and any club right and chances are you're going to run into some idiot who thinks that you are doing something that you're not I guess, so I guess what yeah. I mean, like, like not even for these cons but maybe we just need to do it as a life lesson for guys let's let's yeah. put a youtube series together guys Sure, I, I agree. Seriously, sometimes she's just trying to be polite. It's yeah. not an invitation. I would I'm say not, most times. Yeah, and exactly. I'm, I'm definitely. I'm not making excuses for this, but I, I, I just think that these occasions are occasions in which, like, a lot of different groups come together that don't normally come together in these places. Mm-hmm. So that I doesn't make that. it okay. I'm just saying that's probably raises the the probability of that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So we'll just we'll just leave it at that. But yeah. Anyways, um, we should probably also mention that, that we we had a couple of uh, nice uh, dinners and hangouts with um, the Press to Reset Research Transmission folks, which were which were totally awesome. So we did, yeah, we hung out um, with them a lot on Saturday night. It was, a, it was we, a lot of fun. We we ate some Italian food in the in the pits of hell, in the fiery hot pits of hell, but it was yeah. quite delicious, and uh, and. Kind of hung out in the lobby a little bit, and it was uh, it was just really nice. So it was cool meeting those yeah, dudes and ladies. Group. Sweet. Uh, well, kids, let's get into the video games. Okay. Video games. All right. So I actually, I understand what this game is, so I want to know about this, Ash. Awesome. So uh, this was actually during media hour. So Scott and I hit the floor early on. Um, let's see what day was that. Friday? Friday. Was that Friday, Scott? Yeah, so Friday we hit the floor early, and this was actually the first thing that we both stopped at. Um, media hour is pretty awesome. They give you one hour to run around and touch everything before the, the masses get there. It's so like supermarket suite. Yeah, so you try and hit as much as you possibly can within that hour. It's it's pretty awesome. So first thing we stopped was Dishonored, uh, which is being published by Bethesda. and um, It looks so cool. It is really neat. It's yeah. like this dystopian steampunk kind of Victorian era, um, really dark stealth game. If that if that's enough description there, I'm uh, so it, in. A little bit. Yeah, it plays a lot like uh, a Bioshock. To be perfectly honest, that was the the closest thing that I could really compare it to a Bioshock with heavy heavy stealth elements. Um, left Love trigger it. does uh, spells and abilities. Right trigger is mainly your melee attack, which is a dagger. Um, and you have to navigate different levels and, and you know stealth your way past enemies, execute enemies, um, all while trying to make it to your next uh, location. And I found the uh, the spells and abilities to be really cool and innovative. There was like see through walls and like a force push and like a summon a swarm of rats and uh, there's like a, a musket and a crossbow. And just all sorts of different stuff you could do with your left hand. And then your right hand was used exclusively for um, your dagger and your executions. So you try and um, you know, use these abilities to, to get past the areas. And it was just uh, an absolute joy to play. It was really fluid, really fun. The stealth so mechanic was great. Is this like our current gen thief, essentially? I, mean, I think so. First person stealth? I can see that. Scott actually got further than I did imagine that. Um, <laughs> so Scott made it past... I could not make it past. I actually died like four or five times, and finally I was like, eh, "I'm going to move on to another game." But um, what? Did, how did you? How did you feel about Dishonored, Scott? I mean, honestly, after I got a little bit further than you, I got stuck too. So there's definitely, apparently, a lot of game to explore because I'm sure there are like multiple ways to do things in that game, and that I think that's what the draw of it is. Like, if you're a Thief fan or slash Bioshock fan, I think something like like Dishonored will be like right in your wheelhouse. Awesome. So, so it did feel like there was multi. It wasn't pathed. 
essentially like you felt like you could kind of get through an area in 10 different ways if you tried or yeah Yeah, i mean it seemed like there was a way to like you know kill everybody or to sneak past or to create a distraction and go past and like honestly like it was disorienting enough that we couldn't even find the way to get to the thing that we needed to get to so it's probably going to be really good yeah sweet so announced platforms or no uh, yeah, it's going to be, I, I believe, PC, PS3, and Xbox 360, and it comes out, uh, I want to say, next month, right? Awesome. Or yes. October, one of the two. September, I'm in. It's uh, going to be good. We should probably mention at this point that a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about, we're going to go through sort of quickly, but we will eventually write about many of these things, if not all of them, on the website. So if you want to know more, um, check out Um so the next game that we're going to talk about is Puddle Juice, which um, which was like totally a find on the floor. It was one of the um, one of the PAX Ten uh, like indie titles, and uh, I guess maybe the way we found out about it is because uh, our bud uh, Jimmy Henson, Big Giant Circles, did the music for the game. Awesome! We finally got to meet Jimmy Henson. Oh yeah, yeah. such for an real. awesome dude. Like we had such he a good time. He is so with- awesome. Yeah, we we hung out with him on Thursday night, and then we saw him every day at the con, and just the nicest, warmest, coolest guy, uh, brilliant guy, and just a lot of fun, and I couldn't have asked for a a better encounter. It was like, the first minute that we met each other, it was just like a a man squeeze, like, oh, thank you. It was just great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I totally, I ran up and I I gave him like a... a, yeah. No, it was more. It was a warm, like a slow, kind of lingering embrace, actually, and it wasn't a bat, you know, back patting. It was like a was really like. It was like saxophone and. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted, dip, I wanted to dip him, but I thought that might have been a little bit too much. Did wow. you guys do the over under like this kind of hug? Was it one of those like, or was it like you hugged his waist and he put his arms around your? Yeah, shoulders? it was. Like, <laughs> it was like a pro, a prom night slow dance hug. Oh, know? okay, cool. Yeah. So, Wait, um, so so your hips were joined? What? Let's just leave the, this homoerotic scene. You know, just everyone that's listening can just imagine the bliss that you missed. <laughs> um, so anyways, Puzzle Juice <laughs> is a um, currently available on iOS for iPad and iPhone. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Matt. Um, I, I honestly don't know if it's on, on anything else. I, I it's didn't ask. not on Android. I just Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So pretty much what it looks like when you start playing is it looks like Tetris. But then um, instead of the, the lines clearing away, uh, the lines turn into letters. And then you have to... Oh, my God. Then you have to um, spell words inside of those letters, like crossword puzzle style, to clear the lines and like destroy the blocks so it kind of gets out of control very quickly and the blocks continue to fall even while you're trying to find letters so like um oh and and, and the blocks are all colored too so if you can get three or four of a color to match you can turn those into letters as well without creating a line so like these three sort of competing gameplay mechanics like really make for a hectic um kind of fun experience and there's you know the game has like um, power-ups to help you get through the game and get more points and there's there's an endless mode wow there's a um there's like a zen mode where it's like a score attack there's like an endless mode um and then there's a bunch of difficulty levels ranging from uh i think hard to impossible are the difficulty levels so um i would totally recommend anyone 
uh, to pick up this game if you're like into anything that I just described, like Tetris or, or word searching. And uh, uh, definitely go check out the uh, soundtrack for Puzzle Juice on uh, Big Giant Circle's Bandcamp Dude, The page. soundtrack's incredible. I've been listening to it for a couple of days, and it's just an absolute blast. I do have yeah. a funny story about Puzzle Juice uh, to tell about Scott while we're on this topic. Um, so every hour on the hour, they would give away a T-shirt, but you have to oh, get God. in a competition with another player. <laughs> and so, you know, first of all, when we got there, there was this girl with orange shorts, a young girl, probably no older than 14 or 15 years old, small orange shorts, and Jimmy's like, look, this girl's been training for hours to get this t-shirt she's been just Uh-oh. like training and training and training and she just wants to win the t-shirt so she literally we sat there for a half an hour and just watched her play yeah. over and over and over again and scott's like i'll play oh and, god and so, I'm, so i'm telling i'm telling jimmy i'm like scott's like a savant i mean he's just like a puzzle genius like he's gonna destroy this poor little girl <laughs> and this little girl and her little training. orange shorts in her little orange shorts, and then he's going to take her orange shorts, and then he'll be the master of the orange shorts. Um, <laughs> I would love to see that. Like I would turn. too. I would too. So um, Scott sits down and challenges this teenage girl, and has every intention of like kicking her ass. <laughs> almost beats her after she's been training for. Like, he's never played the game before. His first I'm time relieved. playing it. I am so relieved. I did not beat her. Yeah, like, the story would have been better to... if you beat her, but you were like nine thousand points away from from beating her. You were yeah, so she had close. Like Sixty four thousand, and I was like at fifty five, and I was like, "Oh, it's pretty good for my first time." I don't care. You would have been such a <laughs> had to point bully. that out, didn't you? Oh, good for my first time. <laughs> well, Ash Aww. pointed it out, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna own it now. I wasn't yeah. gonna say anything, but he did. So yeah, there you go, man. We need a picture of you with judging. orange shorts. You feel judging. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the gamer score. I feel like you're judging me, Scott. Oh, my God. That's, that's not what I'm all about. That's not what I'm all about. It I'm is, and none of us are worthy. I'm misunderstood. Let's talk about Metal Gear. All right. So um, I walked up to the Konami booth, and there before me was Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, Revengeance? Yeah, you know, not <laughs> everyone that hears this title is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> not a word. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and um, you know, I was a little apprehensive about it because it had a little bit of a um, a troubled past. But um, you know, uh, Platinum Games got its hands on it. Uh, Konami went to Platinum, and they were like, and, and Kojima went to Platinum, and like, please, like, you know, make this game uh, a fucking action masterpiece. And Platinum did what it does best and made it just absolutely incredible. The demo was very long. It was a nice, solid, like half an hour of gameplay. So I really got to to play this for quite a while and then i watched it for another at least another half an hour on top of that but um the controls are absolutely fluid you control the character of raiden from um i guess he started out in metal gear solid 2 was the first time you saw raiden and um you it's right after your cybernetic transformation so you are just like learning your abilities so it was the tutorial level and you can do things like you know fast run and leap up walls and all that kind of stuff but where the real fun comes is um, the katana control because you have you know you're a, a, like essentially a, a ninja slash samurai so all the action in the game is done 99% I should say is done with your sword so all your attacks all your combos are done with your sword you actually have these blades that can pop out of your feet so you have these, like, these super crazy uh, blades that you know pop out and stab guys but um, you have this super meter that charges up like a like a street fighter game and you can initiate similar to bullet time but it's more like blade time and time will crawl to like a stop 
and then you can actually control the blade with a whole lot of precision right down to the angle of the blade and slice almost anything in the game into itty bitty pieces so you're actually controlling every single swipe of the blade and the angle in which the blade is slicing so if you can imagine like the crazy shit you can do like you could just lop like a guy's hands off or like like launch a guy into the air and slice him into 50 billion little pieces sounds and then very just, like, japanese it's super japanese but it also controls so well there's such a, a great sense of satisfaction when you actually play something that that is this fluid and moves so well and controls so well so mm-hmm. i mean um you know the levels are all really well designed a lot of like cinematic stuff like for instance the ending boss fight is against like an apache helicopter and um it's a multi-stage boss fight, as most Japanese games are. And at one point, the Apache fires like a series of rockets at you, and you actually start running toward the rockets and leap on top of each rocket, of course, anime you. style, yeah, and then what? jump up and attack the rotor blades, uh, all in real time. It's pretty cool, though. So, um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, ridiculous title, but it controls very, very well, and I really feel like it is a solid entry into the Metal Gear series. I want to see what else is going to happen there. Awesome. My, my only yeah. hope for this game is that the same uh, composer for Bayonetta will compose the music for this game, too. Because <laughs> those, those, those jams totally get stuck in my head all the time. I feel oh, like yeah. it is yeah, such, it's such a uh, revealing dichotomy between Scott's zen-like state where he'll play puzzle games to the end of the day and Ash's like Red Bull fueled like, <laughs> state where he's playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> it's like, such a perfect just like <laughs> like split between the two of you. Scott's like, oh, puzzle gaming, I'll master this. And Ash's like, I'm running up rockets. And you're like, what is this? It's so perfect. I love it. It's really funny because take glory away from a girl with orange shorts like you did. Oh. Her pants. <laughs> it that's really funny because the the things that I chose to put in this list for the show notes tonight are all like again <laughs> the contrast. So we're going to talk about um a game called The Cave which is a new title from Double Fine uh downloadable title that will be available in 2013 and uh why do I always forget the guy's name? Not Tim Schafer but the other guy who Ron um, Ron Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert. Yes, thank you. Um, who is uh, uh, Maniac Mansion and, if I'm not mistaken, Monkey Island, right? Maybe? Maybe, yeah. I think um, so. So, sort of in the spirit of a Maniac Mansion-style game, um, this is an adventure game, uh, except it's not point-and-click, you just use a controller. And your job is to explore this cave of humor and mystery and challenges and maybe crotches? I don't know. That's what the show notes say. <laughs> Um, so, uh, when you explore the cave, you can, there are, I think maybe like six or seven characters that, that start outside of the cave and, um, you can pick three of the characters to take into the cave with you. So that's sort of where the maniac mansion esque DNA part comes in. So, um, each of the characters has their own sort of strengths and weaknesses, um, so depending on which characters you take into the cave and which combination of characters you take into the cave, there are different ways to solve the puzzles in the game. So I got to play a demo that was um, about 20 minutes long, and sort of the end goal was to um, remove this like crystalline, like fire-breathing dragon from my path. But you know, it's never that easy. Obviously, you have to like 
get a battery which goes into like a machine and it gives you bait and you take the bait and you put it on this thing and then like you pull the gear and turn the lever and then the dragon goes away you know it's like that kind of game so but it has all the what puzzle uh more like adventure adventure puzzling Uh, okay (laughs) But it's not as like random as say like a Monkey Island game is because okay. it's not you know you don't have like this like inventory of stuff that you're digging through. You can right. each character holds one thing at a time, and you just need to figure out where to be and what to do at the right times with those characters. So, okay. um, I'm totally stoked for it. I I I really think it's going to be awesome. Um, I was going to. It sounds say... pretty awesome. You said it. It felt very, you know very double fine, very. Polished. Oh yes, yes. It has all the trappings of a double fine game. So good artwork, good music, sense of um, humor, sense of humor. Yeah. I think I think there are um, sort of all of the extra characters in the game are voiced, so they say and do funny things. So it's all there, and it's it's going to be a great game. So um, I was surprised to see this because I feel like the double fine adventure has really overshadowed everything that's happening. Um, over at that studio right now. So it was cool yeah. to see this. So keep it out for the cave in 2013, early 2013. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So Ash, I have Borderlands 2 on pre-order. Are you going to tell me to cancel it right now? I am not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell <laughs> you that you need to go to the midnight sale and you need oh. to wait there with all the Borderlands fans and embrace this game with, with uh, loving hugs because um, we got to play it a little bit at East when we all got to go. Um, but now we got to play, uh, obviously, well, actually, I played the gold version. So the, the one that I played is the one that's coming out. The game is already gold. It comes out in a couple weeks, and we'll all be able to play it together. But still, but, there were um, like four-hour lines for this game, for something that's coming out in three weeks. There were four-hour lines for this game. That's any indication. Pretty, pretty ridiculous. This was, yeah. the, this was the one game, I think, that had the longest line at PAX Prime. Um, without a doubt, it was just absurd. And plus, you know, they also kind of went in guns blazing. They had those big statues. And they just had a huge presence. I mean, they, they took had cool up a t-shirts massive. They were giving away. They did. They did have some cool t-shirts. Um, but beyond the t-shirts, I did get to see some new stuff that I hadn't seen before. The first thing I got to see was raid content. Uh, and raid content is extremely high-level content. It was a like a MMO-style raid boss. Oh, which wow. is something that you know in the days of MMOs you would you would train and train and train and build up your gear to have the absolute best gear you could possibly have, and then maybe with like a lot of luck and skill you'd be able to actually take down the raid boss. Well, this uh, exists in Borderlands 2 now, and um, I got to see four of the development team fight against a raid boss, and they only got the raid boss down seven percent. Wow, and they awesome. were at they were at maximum level with um, some really good gear and stuff, and so it is going to be um, a really intense challenge. And I guess the benefit for killing raid bosses they they have unique loot tables, so you can only get their loot if you kill them. So this can have some stuff that only exists, you know, when you kill a certain boss. I also got to see um, gameplay footage. Actually, I got to see the gameplay in action of the Mechromancer, which is the DLC character that's coming out in mid-October. And uh, if you have, I guess if you pre-order the game, you're going to get her for free. So it is definitely, you know, it's totally worth it. Um, she looks incredible. Her art design is beautiful. She's like a kind of like a steampunky little like punk rock uh, female character. She's got like goggles and looks younger. Uh, than in any of the other characters, but she's a a pet class, I guess is the easiest way for you know for those of you who are familiar with MMOs. She has a pet robot that she instead of like 
boosting Ooh. all of her own abilities. She has this this robot called Death Trap, which looks hmm. nothing like Claptrap. He's much larger and more menacing. But, but um, so you all the the skill trees are actually putting points into Death Trap and not into her. So the one I saw was like um, cl- this uh, explosive clap. So he runs up and actually does like a, he claps his hands and sends off like a big atomic explosion. And you can add like different effects to that, like a stun or, or uh, you know, long lasting fire, things like that. So she seemed really, really cool. She wasn't quite done yet. There were, some of her skill trees were incomplete, but um, definitely a nice addition. Um, and it is kind of cool that they are going to have two different female characters now, which is awesome. And then I actually got to play. I got to play for about a half an hour, and um, I played as Zero, who I was really excited to try, who is the assassin character. And he had a uh, really uh, incredible stealth ability that kind of cloned clo- – he cloned himself with the stealth ability and created a hologram. And you could run around the enemy and do like a backstab with your katana. And um, really rewarding, really satisfying. It's a, a great experience. I just can't wait to – get a hold of this with you guys and, and play it so borderlands 2 is going to be great you don't they don't really need me playing the game i think everybody knows yeah awesome it's going to be awesome it is uh, um okay so what are we talking about next minion master i'm going to pull up something real quick just so i can talk about this intelligently um so minion master looked cool when i got the email to come see them and then I played it and it was cool. So oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> let me tell you what Bait it's all about. Switch, Scott. Yep. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah. Um, so Minion Master is sort of like a digital board game. So they, they basically the the guy told me that they there are all like tabletop players and card players, but um, you know, they are aware of the fact that people are sort of like physically separated now and it's difficult to get together and do tabletop gaming and there's a lot of cleanup involved and a lot of like things to keep track of and pieces to buy. So they pretty much made a digital um, like tabletop style combat game um, called Minion Master that um, uses cards to um, sort of like put characters on the battlefield and then augment those characters and and drop abilities and stuff like that. So um, all of that stuff was pretty much straightforward and and understandable just from sort of looking at their website and stuff like that. Um, The thing that is kind of surprising and cool is that um, the game controls all the characters. So you don't, like if there's 20 characters on the board, you don't have to sit there and like take a turn where you're like, okay, I'm moving this guy and he's attacking three times or whatever. Like they, they kind of scripted AI for all of the characters in the game. And then um, you can change sort of how the characters behave, but you do that through playing cards. So kind of what it becomes is it's like um, it's not real time, but it it's sort of has the appearance of a real time game, even though um, you know all the turns are actually taken in discrete time. But it it kind of has like this like they call it simultaneous round resolution. So oh, cool. um, every everybody will sort of plan their turns out like with what's going to happen, and then when it when everyone's done and you say go, the turns execute, and then like all the enemies like run out and attack each other, and it's really cool. <laughs> it's like it's kind of a mind-blowing idea, and I guess the thing that um, that sort of endeared me a little more to this game is uh, there's only like three people on the dev team. Like three people made this game, and uh, pretty much anything that I asked them about the game was in the game. So I was like, "Can you play with AI? Yes. Can you play online? Yes. Can you play with, you know, AI and human characters? Yes. You know." And so it's like they 
they have a system set up where um, if you if you do eventually decide to buy the game, your game your account will work on any platform that the game is released on, which would include okay, That's you know great. like. So right now they're a part of the um, Steam Greenlight program, this new program where you can you can choose the next games that come to Steam. Um, you know, if they release it as an iOS app, you would just download the app, log in with your minion master name and password, and there you are. So I don't, you can I don't, go ahead. I don't know if you got enough time with it, but my fear with these are, are always like mimicking board games. Games, so really, games already kind of basically essentially mimic board games right in some form or fashion mm-hmm. but the, what they're doing is saying like no this is a board game you're just playing digitally does it lose that kind of you know i mean because the fun of board gaming kind of is sometimes getting around your house with your friends and playing you know yeah i, su- I suppose that is the difference because um you know the game has like the game has an in-game chat and uh, okay. i don't think it i don't i don't think it has voice because they know that everybody can can do that or whatever yeah, so yeah um I guess I guess the idea here was to just to create something that people can play separately, um, and it, you know, like it's pretty. You're right. It's the benefits of digital, with sort of like you know maybe a loss of the social aspect of actually sitting in front of somebody. Like, but when does you're the like, did the facade of it being a board game help kind of instill that fun, or did it just was it just kind of a a thing? You know, I mean, I don't know if the question makes sense, but like no. No, I see. I see your question because, um, but I, I guess I didn't approach this first as like a way to socialize beyond like, you know, like basically if we all wanted to play with you, you know, all of us being in different places, it, it is a way to play. Okay. Um, but I think what impressed me about it was like sort of the number of features that they put into the game and sort of like the the amount of functionality that was built into the game. Right. Um, because you know, like they have. They have things like a fully featured um, board editor, so you can like make your own maps. And then the map editing tools are intelligent tools. So if you want to make a map that is um, symmetric, or, or like symmetric for six players, like they have tools that do all that stuff. That's cool. Okay. That's so really like cool. A, a lot of the game is customizable. And I asked, you know, they have like a couple of actions right now as far as the cards go. But they were like, yeah, you can, you know, you can build whatever decks you want. Like we give you starter decks to play with. It's not like a thing where you like are buying more decks or whatever but it's just like oh no they they do have a system to like to buy cards or something i i didn't really follow it but yeah. pretty much like they start you with with everything that you would need and i think they were saying that if for some bizarre reason you wanted to have like 50 of the same card in your deck i think there's like they have some kind like of transaction packs or something for yeah but are they going to add more races too i saw they had yeah. like undead and yeah they fantasy. they did yeah, they did talk about like I asked them, you know, how easy it was to expand the game, and they said it was like super easy, and they're already working on stuff. So awesome. Um, cool. As far as like a you know like if you want to support like an an indie game, like games like you know Puzzle Juice or this game Minion Master are sort of like the like some of the highlights of things that we saw, or at least that I saw at PAX. So yeah, um, the game is called Minion Master. I think right now they're in a sort of a beta period. Um, I think when the game comes out, it's going to be twenty dollars to pre-order. But then, like I said, once you own it, you you know you you own the account, not and the set for not, life. Yeah, yeah, not the game. So awesome. Yeah, I mean, all these guys were were really nice dudes, and and you know, pretty much anything that I could think of that I wanted to be in the game was was in the game. So they definitely have their finger on the pulse of what's going on, and and awesome. definitely are listening to their community. So <laughs> cool. I'm uh, sorry. I when you say that, I only think of Bioware TV. 
Oh, oh yeah. pulse. Keep your finger on the pulse. <laughs> well, you oh, are you are that. very much in that in that tight circle there. It's in my <laughs> wheel. No, 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 it's in it's, my wheelhouse. It's in your wheelhouse. It's in your wheelhouse. I think that that's the theme of every podcast. I think what? that in in your wheelhouse is used in every podcast. It I think is. I say it a lot. No, you yeah. and Matt say it. A lot. Yeah, I say oh. it too. Just like I say, and I'd like to say. Can I say something real quick? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let me say something. At least yeah. that's polite. Oh. To be fair. To be fair. I just say smut. Ash. <laughs> you yeah. played the you played the XCOM game that isn't the other XCOM game. Oh, right? I played this game too. Oh my lord, have mercy on this game. Um, so I got a chance to play XCOM Enemy Unknown from Firaxis Games, and um, I have to say that this is probably the game that I'm most excited about, and that has not changed since PAX East. Really? Um, yeah, I got a chance to attend the the panel at PAX East, and, and the panel this time as well. And um, I finally I got actually I got a chance to play it this time for the first time. And I was actually I'm going to humble brag for a second. I was in the first group in North America, uh, regular civilians, not like closed development teams or anything to actually play this. And um, it is absolutely incredible. So if you're into this uh, is the first person strategy, shooter, right? No, no, this is the this oh, is the, uh, this is the strategy turn based strategy game. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So the first person shooter that is like coming out. Like question mark question mark. Yeah, this one's yeah. coming out very soon. Okay. And it is the uh turn based strategy. And it's absolutely brilliant. Um there's so much depth to it. And you know, the only thing I can really liken it to would perhaps be um a game like Valkyria Chronicles, where it, instead of just being like kind of a boring turn based strategy game, you know, we all kind of remember what those were like from, you know, grids and all that stuff and looking at a big hex and moving your guys cool. around and <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of that, you're right. I actually really love those games, <laughs> but um, I think but he's trying to say that it's modernized yes, now. Yeah. I get it. So a, a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, my gosh, like I could never play anything like that. It's too complicated and it's it's boring to look at. You know, it's just, you know, a lot of numbers and, and shapes. Um, they, they take that formula and they just uh, really they made it for a modern audience. Uh, so for instance, you have a series, a, a group of, of troops, you're controlling them against enemies, but you can do things like take cover behind different vehicles and, and, um, you know, build up. yeah, you can go into overwatch mode and like, you know, essentially cover an area really deep and complicated, um, where, um, the game really shines. It's incredibly cinematic, and they talked about it during the panel. They actually spent um, a lot of time getting the cameras and stuff right for this. So, for instance, when your sniper takes a shot, it's not just a, a you know a super zoomed out picture of a sniper taking a shot. It'll, the camera will zoom in really close to the the character's face and the character's weapon. It'll you know follow uh, the gunshot. It'll show the bullet actually connecting with the enemy and have a really beautiful animation of like the bullet hit and perhaps the enemy dying. Um, and everything is like that in the game. Like there's a scene where you you actually jump through a window and your character will actually run up to the window and dive through in a really cinematic fashion. And the camera will quickly pop back out and you'll be, you know, looking in from a sky view. I jumped um, the first time I saw that. Like, yeah, I was it, it that. was incredible. So, Scott, let me ask you kind of what you thought, because I, I grew up playing XCOM, so I have a bit of a, a history with it, but I don't believe that you did. So what did you think playing it for the first time? 
yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm not like, I don't have a history with the XCOM series, but I'm familiar with like how the game works. And I think, um, I was sort of on the fence about it and I was sort I was really blown away by this because I think what I underestimated about this game is sort of the, like the pedigree of Fraxis and what they are able to do with like simulation. You know what I mean? As far as like the level, I wasn't expecting the level of detail that is actually available in this game as far as customizing characters um, you have like bases that are on this world map and you can choose which bases to go to, which like what time of what type of uh, things you want to invest in, what you want to spend your credits on. Um, so I really think that like, you know, all of us could sit down and play this game and reach the end of the game with like very different teams and results. And I, I think something like that um, will really like add a lot of replay value to this game and a lot of like you know, it's cool to like make it your own game and play the way you want to play. And I, I really feel like there's a lot of that in this game And the tactical aspect, of course, is great as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and Scott did mention the level of customization, like you, know, you have a squad of characters and, and each one of them, you can, you know, you can tweak out how they look and, and, you know, uh, you get to customize their abilities and their loadouts and their armor colors. And you can really make a team that is, your own i mean you can completely make a unique squad that's unlike anyone else's and uh you know take them throughout this entire like massive campaign but i mean if you're a strategy fan they're especially a turn-based strategy fan it is a genre that is um you know on console especially relatively non-existent so you know this is this is the game if you are a strategy fan to pick up and i i guarantee this is I would I'm going to say that this game is going to get nines and tens across the board. There's no way it won't. Wow, really? Yeah, I guarantee. Just, just you can come back in a month or when it comes out and and you guys can all call me horrible names if I'm wrong, but I am I'm putting my money where my mouth is and this game is going to absolutely dominate. Wow. I I kind of I kind of got your back on that. You know like I feel like the only thing that might go wrong with this game is like maybe some really bizarre simulation issue that pops up like in the 30th hour. But I feel like given the company in their in their history that they they know how to find things like that and find balance in the game. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a multiplayer cooperative strategy mode, which um, has the capacity to totally destroy our lives if we all start playing that together. So sounds good. I'm totally in. So, just to recap really quick, is there anything that you've listed so far that you haven't liked? Well, we're, I guess we're only talking about things we do like, right? Okay. Well, I mean, this is actually only part of, like, this is only about one half of the stuff that we got our hands on. I don't know. Scott and I were, like, on a, a tear at this yeah. PAX. We played fucking everything. Like, uh, as of yeah. Sunday, we were kind of looked at each other like, we've played all of the games. <laughs> like, all of the games. We've played yeah. all of the games. So, um, you know, we'll probably talk about more a little bit next week and just do a quick roundup, maybe some stuff that we didn't love. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, no. think, I think we just are kind of starting out with maybe the bigger titles or maybe like some surprise hits on this on this particular list. But, yeah, you're, the list is like doubled of what we actually got to see. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about, surprisingly, is is Epic Mickey Two, which um, was sort of an interesting presentation sequence for this particular game because what was happening this weekend was that um, Warren Spector was doing these sort of very small group discussion sessions about the game um, at a like in a separate conference room. So he would talk to you um, 
in a small group for like an hour about the game and then you were welcome to um, go back to the floor and actually play the game. And it's really interesting to hear him talk about this game because he he gives a perspective on the game that although I, I may have sensed it in the first one, it's he like spells it out in this one. So um, Epic Mickey, the first game, came out on the Wii and sort of the main gameplay mechanic was that um, when you were faced with a situation to get through a particular level, um, Mickey has the ability to shoot paint or thinner. So paint will like build things in the world and the thinner sort of destroys things or breaks things down in the world. And then also using paint and thinner, you can, you can sort of bring enemies over to your side or, you know, or like obliterate them basically. So, um, the thing that, and I've seen this echoed online, so you must have been saying it on a lot of these meetings, is that um, this game actually has more in common with Deus Ex than you might think, which which is like really surprising <laughs> to hear. Um, and sort of I think the point that he was trying to articulate was that um, there's a certain prejudice towards this game because it has Mickey Mouse on the cover, you know? Yeah, that's unfortunate. But in his opinion, this game um, sort of is like it's still him designing the game. So you can find things like in this game and his other games that are related. So he kept bringing up the, the, um, the example of Deus Ex, but um, he kind of had some interesting opinions that I thought might be uh, relevant to, to our group. He said that he wasn't a fan of, of um, putting the player's choices on a scale. So, Someone in the discussion brought up the point that like, oh, well, you know, using thinner is obviously bad and evil and using paint is like good and wholesome. And he was like, I don't like that. You know, he didn't want to he says he doesn't want to judge the player's decisions. And he and he said that there are, you know, there are ways to justify, you know, using thinner as a means to good from your point of view, um, just like there would be using paint. Um, Interesting. So like there was like the thing that I took away from the meeting a lot was sort of like the sort of like the spirit of the game, like without actually even really talking about like the specific gameplay, you know, because it's a, it's like an adventure platformer, you know, there are worlds to explore and in every world you have to navigate from one place to another and sort of like, I guess the the common tie to the deus ex thing is that you can, there are multiple ways to progress through an environment, um, which was, you know, certainly the case in those games as well. And, I suppose the difference is is that you're using paint and you're not like hacking keypads and shooting people, you know. But he yeah, he, yeah. See, he sees the two things as being very similar, you know. It's just a just a different different outer wrapper on the mechanic. And um, I guess in this game, like sort of the the main you explore in this game, like it's sort of Oswald's world, and it's interesting because Warren Spector describes it as sort of like you know all this character ever wanted was the love of his father, which in this case was you know Disney or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, Mickey Mouse is the poster boy, and now, like, the two characters need to sort of get along and cooperate together. So it's, it was kind of, like, an interesting, like, it's interesting to hear the thoughts of the developer, like, what what they were actually trying to achieve. Because I feel like it's sometimes very different than what you, what you actually see when you're walking past, like, a, a demo station on the floor. Um, yeah. And as far as, like, the game itself goes, the thing that is, I guess, really different about this game is that, obviously, it's going to be on all the platforms now. So, um, you know, it's not, I feel like it might lose something being, you know, not using the Wii controller or even the move controller cause there's no connect support. So 
Um, it almost becomes like a bizarre shooting mechanic to use the paint and everything. But hmm. um, now, you, now you have the character Oswald helps you throughout the game, and it's drop in, drop out. So if the Oswald character, you know, somebody like he said that his goal for this game is for like a parent and a child to sit down and work through the game together, like work through the puzzles and stuff together, which is cool because it's one of those games where um, two two players are not necessarily needed, but because um, the the AI will control Oswald while you're controlling mickey um yeah. but it definitely creates for like a, a more enriching experience so hmm. i think so I think all in all s- is is epic mickey 2 looking epic it it is it's weird because i you know i was interested in this game because i really did enjoy the first one but it's i feel like i will now look at this game very differently having been in this meeting and hearing the things that he has to say i mean he's a genius you know he's were you were you glamored by warren specter I, like I wasn't. Game. I I tried. Shut uh, your mom. No, that that did not happen. He was, he is just like and seems like a nice, easygoing dude. He was wearing like one of those, you know, we're all, you know, we've all seen it, like those denim shirts with the Mickey Mouse characters embroidered on the chest. You know, you oh, you've cool. seen those, right? Yeah, yeah. Just totally like normal, whatever, N- normal guy. Obviously, super genius, but yeah, um, kind of gave me more respect for. I mean, like I liked the game before. Now I have. A whole lot more respect for sort of like the undercurrents of the game so it's it's just very fascinating awesome so he did I, his job and i i guess the last thing that might be interesting is that i asked him about the wii u and his interest in it and he he was like yes and then just stopped and smiled so uh, um, there was a lot yeah. of that this weekend or last indeed. weekend indeed. there's a lot okay. of yes <laughs> yeah you cannot say anything right so that's right. that Okay, so I played a game uh, that is coming out for all mobile platforms on the same day. <laughs> Yay! World of Magic, and Matt's actually familiar with um, these guys because he played Life is Crime last year after we oh, went to PAX. Yeah. And so it's the team that did Life is Crime, except for now they are making a fantasy game, and they have actually gone crazy it's, it's because this... Yeah, this game looks freaking ridiculous. Um, I spend a, a good half an hour talking to these guys, and they really, really sold me on this. It's a—I uh, don't know, really know the best way to describe this, but it uses r- real, real-world locations, but uh, turns them into fictitious locations. So, for instance, if Matt lives in Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn's going to look yes, if he does. <laughs> uh-huh. The Brooklyn on the map in the game is going to look like a fantasy kingdom version of Brooklyn. However. Uh, the libraries and the parks and the streets are all going to be different locations in the fantasy world. So a library in Brooklyn may actually be a dungeon. So Probably um, is. Matt, yes, Matt would be <laughs> able to go into said dungeon and to go into different levels in the dungeon and fight monsters and level up his character. And all the while he's doing that, he's actually going to build up um, essentially the level of his region. So it's almost like different city-states vying for control over the entire United States. So I think there are seven different main um, towers or city-states, as they call them, and they're each trying to become the most powerful. So you're fighting as a group, and you can play with your friends and stuff like that to control different areas of the map and also to build up the strength of your tower. There's different character classes and items and weapons and spells. It had a really awesome, old-school, great feeling, like Final Fantasy III turn-based RPG system. So when you fight monsters and stuff... um, 
it, it looks very old school Final Fantasy, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, I, I felt like Life is Crime was a great idea, but I almost felt like it was like very, it felt very old already when it came out. And that's no offense yeah. to them. It just felt like, oh, it's kind of clunky. Da, 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 da. This has so much polish. Um, and the reason why it has so much polish is that they made a, a butt ton of money with Life is Crime. They sold over 4 million units of that, of that game. So they had a little bit of cash to blow this time, and it really shows. So if you, you're looking for a cool new uh, fantasy game that you can play with your, your friends on your phone and on the iPad, um, World of Magic looks really, really nice. I really liked it. I think the, the problem with the Life is Crime game for me was that I jumped on really early in a city that didn't have a big uptake on it. So it was kind of like a weird... It felt very vacant. You know, because it yeah, is it was absolutely. like a check in game where you were checking into things and scoring points and then you could you could like trade and do all this weird stuff with other characters. But if no one else was playing, it was just kinda like I would go check in at McDonald's or something and it'd be like, McDonald's is yours and I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. It didn't really get where anywhere with it. So uh I think I just it, was on too it early. Asked them about that and they said you're gonna have the ability to visit cities that um you're not in. So oh, like cool. you know so I'd be able to like go help you out and Brooklyn, even though I'm in Orlando, yeah, and we we'd be we'd be able to go into dungeons and stuff and fight uh, asynchronously, uh, which uh, I thought was cool. But you, but you would help the West Coast first, right? That oh, depends on God. what happens to me next week. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I the game yeah. was, was like you said; it did feel it felt a little dated maybe and it felt a little vacant for me but i was on like i think it had just opened and i was like on the game immediately yeah and it seems like it picked up a, a head of steam after that so yes this uh new one's already got i think twenty five thousand. i actually don't think that's the one because there is a the world of magic oh really i don't think this is out quite yet. yeah the, there's the world of magic which is produced uh, by uh, com to us and that's oh, not that is the world of magic yeah it's not the same womp womp Red Robot is the people that are making Yeah, it's, it's Red Robot Labs. Okay. Well, I will keep an eye out for this. I will, too. It was good. So, finally, Great. Hillary. Hillary, were you at PAX? I was at PAX. Oh. Great. So, the Bioware base this year had a bunch of panels that ran every single day, rotating on the same schedule. Things like writing for the video game industry or how to become an, a better artist. And um, you, some people actually got to get their work reviewed by Matt Rhodes, who's a senior concept artist for Bioware. And let's see what else. There was inside the development process. It was just really cool to, to see the fans interacting with the devs and uh, really getting that that one-on-one feeling that Bioware is really good at creating. So it was really fun. I got to help out behind the scenes. I got to moderate some panels. You did. Um, got, got to that hang out sneaky. That was sneaky of you, too, because we didn't know that you were going to moderate panels mm-hmm. and I showed up to kind of like... First of all, the Bioware base was a great place to like relax. And it's not yeah. to say that it was like, you know, nothing was going on. It's just there was a lot going on, but it was also quiet and it was away from Very the show friendly. floor. It was air conditioning was kicking ass in there. It was nice. Uh, everyone was friendly and and uh, it was just a cool place to like go and unwind, you know, after the show floor is, is madness. It's like Las Vegas. So you go up there and it's like peaceful. So I walked in and Hillary was moderating a panel and I was kind of taken aback, but that was super cool. Yeah, and it was really fun. Um, some of the devs from the different studios were there too. So it wasn't just, you know, like Bioware Edmonton in Montreal. It was um, like Bioware Mythic and Bioware Social. 
So you really got to see kind of the other side of Bioware that you don't get to see very often. Yeah. yeah, it yeah was, I, the discussions yeah. were really cool. Go ahead. I was going to say, I talked to uh, Kate Flack for quite a while, um, who's Bioware Mythic. And because I, I was, my first MMO was Ultima Online. And that's one of the, um, you know, one of the things she's kind of in charge of now. And uh, she was so nice. I had, we ended up talking about, you're going to laugh at me. We ended up talking about True Blood. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how. No, we were having like this long, serious conversation about video games. And I don't know where she has this like awesome British accent. She's like, do you watch True Blood? And I was like, uh. You're like, yes, I do. Yes. And so we talked about that for a bit. But she was she was she was really, really nice. And I had a great time talking to her. Uh, you failed to mention the voice acting panel, which I actually caught uh, uh, one and a half cool. of. Yeah, actually, that was that was really cool. We did that every day. The first day we actually Skyped in Jennifer Hale. So listening to the rapport between Allie Hillis and Jennifer Hale was pretty fantastic. And A lot then, of love um, between them. Oh, my God, yes. And then Caroline Livingston, who's the kind of the voice actor, director slash producer, she was there and she gives a lot of great insight into the behind the scenes stuff. But actually, on the last day, one of the best things ever was listening to Allie Hillis say goodbye, Shepard, in a bunch of different ways. And, and she was oh, talking wow. about how, how Liara's pauses actually mean more than her words. It was so uh, cool. And she kept saying geez, like, goodbye Shepard and, and all the different connotations. It was so cool. So yeah. um, no, it was, it was a really fun time at the Byro base and I was happy to be a part of the festivities. Yay. So, you, so what was your favorite part of being at the base? And I know you're kind of, um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, moderating the panels is pretty fun. I mean, I got to be on the HR recruitment panel and I felt like I learned some stuff um, from that panel. I, the whole thing was fun. I mean, honestly, it's really lame, but I'm going to say my, my most favorite thing was just interacting with people who, you know, maybe were kind of nervous and um, really helping them to, you know, talk to the devs and introducing people. Because, you know, sometimes people walk in and they're just not, they're just not feeling it. They're just like, I don't know if I should be here or wow, these people are so important. I don't know if I can talk to them and really yeah. being the person to go up to them and be like, no, 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 it's okay. They're, they're just like you and me. I mm-hmm. mean, cause there's this kind of rock star persona in being a dev. And um, yeah, it's, it's just really fun to be able well, to especially say, no, at, no. at a place like PAX. I mean, you know, yeah. not, not at the supermarket. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to see like the, you know, all of a sudden like uh, someone run up and scream and like, you know, tackle a dev at a supermarket but at pax i mean this is these guys are rock stars at pax yeah and so nope. you know i i get starstruck all the time when i see people at pax holy crap like you know mm-hmm. devs to me are rock stars because they make the things that i love so much and yeah. you know i think i think that is yeah, a big difference well and you never know i mean someone someone who is a big fan of like matt rhodes for example i mean they love his art so much that you know they're carrying their their you know art book with them and they're just so excited to see and be able to talk to um, Matt Rhodes or, or whoever else, anyone else, really. And it's just really cool to be able to link those two people together and, and really kind of, you know, be the one that connected them. I don't know. It, it, that's kind of the high for me. That's why I like doing the events and working for Bioware. It's just really cool just to help people out and, you know, give them that extra something. You know what yeah, I mean? That's awesome. No, no, no I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah so that, cool. that's my favorite part. Excellent. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our nerd-appropriate question of the week. Nequato. Nequato. Oh, no. Nequato. 
So the Nakwata this week was... <laughs> we are not doing that. In honor of our PAX coverage, what is your favorite PAX slash con memory of all time? Yes. We have so many good ones. I'm so excited. As always, and guys, thank the... you for participating. Yes. yes. And it is the nerd-appropriate question of the week. It is not the Nakwato or whatever. <laughs> That's how we lose our brand identity by doing things like that. Nakwato. Nakwato. <laughs> Yeah, but what if it becomes like truthiness and it's like a you know Webster insert oh, yeah. enters in yeah. dictionary? I like it. Okay, all right. So first up, we have Courtney Taylor at Courtney Taylor, and she says, "Getting to hang with the Bioware fans at the Bioware base bar, seriously, one of my fave nights." I probably shouldn't have read that one. That was probably more appropriate for somebody else, but I jumped in there and I took it. Nicely done. That's cool. No, she's talking about the Purgatory Lounge yes. night that we did at San Diego Comic Con, yeah. which was fantastic. That was yes. also the night that Kimberly Brooks, who plays Ashley, actually played multiplayer with everyone, which was amazing. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry, I missed it. So, Next Carlo. Is, is oh, Carlo. Oh, oh, thunder, man. Is our good buddy Platinum Fist. And <laughs> Carlo says, the Method Man and Red Man concert at the Konami booth at E3 2010 is definitely near the top of his list. That's pretty cool. Oh, that they do that, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I know. For real. Um, so Justin Banks, Midtown 583 says, San Diego Comic-Con 2010. First time there, met some celebs, writers, and artists. You never forget your first SDCC. I don't know why I just read that like Aziz Ansari, but I feel like it helps. <laughs> it did. It helped. You know, I ran into Justin at this Comic-Con. It was really kind of funny. Did you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, but he was like, hey, what's up, man? And I was like, whoa, Justin, what are you doing here? And that was pretty uh- cool. All right, so Jennifer R., who is Jenny the Pirate. Hillary, you have to read it Pirate. Oh, no, that's horrible. I don't even know where to begin on that. Me and my spouse. I can't do it. Starving each other with the inflatable omnibrides. What are you stealing my thunder tonight, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ash. Just like he steals your kills in multiplayer, right? Ayo! Oh, you had to bring that up. Okay, anyway. Jenny R. says, Me and my spousal unit stabbing each other with inflatable Omniblades at Geek Girl Con 2011. All marital disputes should be solved that way. Kind of sad that there are no pictures. I agree. Uh, I know. Oh my god, I totally have to do that. (laughs) Please please take pictures. That's not an impervious. You still... I didn't mean it. That's the one time I didn't mean it. Yeah, it didn't sound dirty. It's all on you. Hey, will you take pictures? That sounded dirty. (laughs) (laughs) So Ritzy at Ritzy Fox says uh, she includes. This was a conversation one man. See. Yep. I think it's all all put together though. I think it works. Yeah. One does not turn down the shadow broker, especially when drinks are involved. That has no relation to anything that's been said so far. Well, she's she's talking about the um, the nerd appropriate (laughs) meetup. Secret. I know. But yes. This is what I'm saying. It's part of a conversation, guys. God oh. Damn it. Oh. Now I'm That's angry. Right. Well, it would have been funny if we knew the context. I'm just sure. cut that whole one out. No, I I just said what the context was. <laughs> what is it? This is Fine. horrible. Tiffany Peters. There you go. Hey, can I tell you something weird about this? Are you I have, serious? I have a cousin named Tiffany Peters, and now I'm all freaked out if that's her, but I don't think it's her. So we should be okay. Let's hope it's not her because it gets weird here in a second. (laughs) (laughs) And weird as in awesome. Yeah, and y'all are asking me my favorite PAX memory. How could I even pick one? Yeah. Continue. 
She made a Continue. word called you all. Wait, there's more? Yeah, keep, keep going. It gets better. Oh, no. Do I really have to say this? So yeah, he picks one, and in caps, she says, meeting Ash, OBS, like, obviously. <laughs> and then she says again, okay, second place is almost meeting Ash in the hotel lobby. I hear a story coming. Uh, so we, Scott and I arrived, and there was a large Oh, yeah, group. I was there, too, by the way, yeah. P.S. <laughs> yeah, she didn't mention you. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, well, you oh, know what? We spent happened. a whole podcast talking about PAX, and I didn't hear once about how anybody missed me while I was there, but that's cool, I guys. What? I I you oh, my God. Uh, by the way, I even I have said a this. whole blog post about it. No, 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 no. I, too. Okay, so I even told Scott, I wish, I wish Matt was here. Remember that, Scott? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I'm not, no, we're, not, that. we're not blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, I promise. Uh, you all said that at one anyway, point. so you arrived in the hotel lobby. Arrived in the hotel. There was a, there was a large group of people. Waiting that, for uh, you. Not wait, yeah, they had signs and <laughs> streamers. It was incredible. Yes, <laughs> I picked out Team Vanguard before Ash did, for the record. So. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, how did you pick them out? For the record, because... I did not receive a the woman's places in the Firebase t-shirt. I was very wounded. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think so, Team like... Vanguard, let me down. Okay. <laughs> don't start. Don't start a fight with them. No. <laughs> They'll charge they're awesome. you. No, they're amazing. They overcharge you. I love Team Vanguard. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Call me later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> for, a, um, for a brief second, I thought so... Scott was going to start singing "Call Me Maybe." Oh no. <laughs> Don't even start with that. Okay, so continuing on. Um, Stumpy Natalie says, uh, I got a scared look from an old dude attending that Catholic thing in an elevator. I was in costume. She was dressed as Emperor Palpatine. She was dressed as Emperor Palpatine. I want to know what Catholic thing happens in an elevator. I don't know what that is. It was incredible. So no, that that was what was going on. Um, Scott and I were like, what's going on? This is the weirdest. At the Sheridan. There was PAX, and then there was a a Catholic convention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where the median age was like 70, I think. Yeah, so there's just like, the hotel is just filled with like 70-year-old folks, and they were just looking at all the cosplayers like they were demons. It was incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. this the next one's pretty cool. So, is it Giener? Giener Legaspi? And at R.E. Giener? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was also this one time when a creepy dude gave some fan fiction to Allie Hillis. That sounds awesome. That does. I feel bad for all the stuff that she gets. It's like, here's my dirty sock. I love you. <laughs> all right, next up is Sherry Seavers, who's at Sherry Seavers on Twitter. Imagine that. She says, my adventures involve me, a DeLorean, and some nerd hitching a ride. Pound. You know that's right. You know that's right. <laughs> so, Ash, what's yours? Oh, mine was the. Th- I'm going to be a cop out here. The thing that happened on uh, Thursday, so last Thursday. So our community meetup at PAX was probably uh, one of my highlights, if not the highlight of my adventures of any con ever. It was yeah, awesome. man, it was it was pretty awesome. It's it was awesome. just that it was so. It had such a really positive vibe, and everyone was so friendly and cool. And um, I feel yeah. like. The, the, all the people that attended, even like the you know, the devs and everyone, were just um, happy to be there. And that mm-hmm. you know, you could tell they didn't just want to like. We Scott and I left before a lot of other people. We were like, we have to go. 
(laughs) (laughs) we left before Uh, like half the party we're like we need to leave like you know they stayed open like two hours yeah Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy so it was great it was absolutely amazing so who's next hillary take the spot do it all right so bridget n and it's uh barb bobot all right when an enforcer thought I was an exhibitor and offered to get me a sandwich, should have gone for it. Yes, you should have. Should have. That's totally amazing. Should've. I can tell you, I had an exhibitor badge. No one offered me a sandwich. Yeah, no free oh. sandwiches. That's a big deal at PAX. It's like finding gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. All right, uh, Geener. How do you say that? Go name with is it I, I, I said it was Legaspi. I don't know. I'm Geener Legaspi right. says freaking out normals is the best part of a of cons hands down. <laughs> Probably freaked out all of Seattle this weekend. I'm sure. Especially that. Uh, can you other... freak out Seattle? It's no, Seattle. No, you're That's right. True. Point taken. Thank you. Do you know there's uh, a lot? There's a lot of homeless people in Seattle. Yeah. I was accosted several times. And there's it, a lot of homeless it, people everywhere. Yeah. Well, I know that, but Economy's I mean, down. I don't know. Seattle's worse this year than than last year guys let's talk about the economy so (laughs) no moving on (laughs) yes so sarah sky shep g who is at sky voss normandy says sharing perfume with courtney taylor because she accidentally got a bunch spilled on her arm (laughs) stcc bioware good times oh Uh, that's courtney taylor killed at that at the new comic-con she was uh she was awesome so scott uh Dude, should I read this next one? No, what is yours? <laughs> oh, what was mine? Yeah. Um, well, the I mean, the party was definitely the the mixer was definitely awesome. Um, personally, uh, I had a, an awesome moment um, this last PAX with um, Amanda, who is Fluid Fire. Um, she basically we talked about sort of our love of Dance Central, and I told her that this year was going to be the year where I jumped up on the stage and did a Dance Central song on the awesome. PAX floor. So she's like, I'm in, let's do this. And uh, so we meet up at the Bioware base and like she and her husband are in costume and she's like, let's go, we're doing this. So we're standing in line and she pulls Natalie over, who's, you know, the emperor. And I'm like, are you sure you guys want me to like jump up and do this with you? Like, I'm not in costume. Like, it would look awesome if you did it. And she was just like, no, you're doing it with us. Like, we want you on stage with us. And I was like, thanks. That's really cool. So uh, we jumped up and we did a Backstreet Boys song and it was hilarious and I had a really good time. So. That's awesome. That's I awesome. I think that's I think that's my memory. And I, it was it was nice uh, getting to meet them. They're they're totally and awesome. How guys. how freaking cool were uh, Fluid Fire and Stumpy Nat? Like just the nicest nicest people. Like like just just at a sidebar, real quick. I was like the Thursday night thing. I was a little nervous because I yeah I, didn't I think know. we both were. I was like I didn't know who was going to show up. I didn't know if people were going to have a good time. And it's like you know it was a big deal to kind of put ourselves out there and and see what happened. You know, so I was. Granted, you know, I was a little weary. I didn't know really what was going to happen. Yeah, of course. She of was course. so just like welcoming and warm and kept asking me if I was okay, if I needed anything. And that, that goes a really long way, you know, just very nurturing and cool. So, you know, I just thought that was great. So I appreciated yeah. it. I think in, it's weird because that all goes back to our um, our Blasto discussion when we found her her sculpture for Blasto that we used as that cover art that yeah. all that time ago. Craziness. So, Good speak stuff. of the devil, uh, Natalie says drinks with Miss Allie Hillis, of course. That's uh, right. That Don't forget right. the one above that no, one. No, you have to read that one, Ash. Uh, That's all yeah. you. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, Archangel, uh, Sarah McCharge, she says, 
there is that one time that Ash drew the most beautiful picture of a Vorcha I've ever seen. Um, now, I'm not allowed to share this picture because it's too <laughs> vulgar and terrible. But the short version of the story is she had in her possession a book of wieners, um, or danglers as I like to call them, an entire book filled with, with different artists who had drawn um, a variety of Mass Effect-themed uh, danglers. And so... <laughs> She said, hey, would you like to draw my book? And I was like, you don't know what you've gotten yourself into. Because they don't, don't know. really know. Ash, why know. is it so pointy? Because <laughs> uh, it's a Vorcha. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so since you know, no one's ever really seen a Vorcha penis before, I'm thinking to myself, a Vorcha's not going to have a it's normal... It's like an arrowhead. <laughs> it's going to look more like a demon tail or like a or like an arrowhead. Because Vorchas are very spiny and like, you know, just... They have a lot of uh, sharp angles, so I figured the head of a Vorcha dangler is going like to a be basilisk or something. Yeah, sort of like a basilisk tail, or you know, uh, like a, a devil tail. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, and he goes, "No talk, penis, penis." Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, oh, I, I read to... that just as "No talk, penis." <laughs> <laughs> I literally uh... just spit out my water. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Scott, you have to read this next one. Oh, okay. Our buddy, our BFF, Nate Hale, says, would say first meeting Scott in the airport and hearing the tale of Ash's flight booking snafu was entertaining. Absolute favorite was probably the first day in its entirety. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I coordinated with um, Anna, and I found them in the airport. And like I said, you know, like we've sort of been talking about this whole time, like meeting them was just like meeting people that we had been talking to forever, and it was totally awesome and normal. And then we... Um, sat on the shuttle together and we talked about things and uh it was just cool it was it was awesome to to meet all of them and uh it was super cool and, and the snafu that he was talking about was that uh <laughs> ash and i planned to take mm. the same flights over to seattle so yeah. i think at some point ash must have just looked at the first flight and not at the second <laughs> flight because when we landed in chicago he was like you know what i didn't hear where the gate was and i was like oh yeah the gate is blah 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 and so we walk over there, we pull out our tickets, and he's on a flight two hours ahead of me. <laughs> ahead of you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So he, like, I like I jumped on the plane, like, a half an hour later, and he stayed in Chicago for two hours and showed up but later. Behind so, you. so he had two hours behind you, not ahead of you. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was so, like, good Lord. No, his flight was not <laughs> two hours. he missed his flight entirely. No, no, no. No. But that was um, that was actually, like, a pretty, pretty strange day for everybody because I think some of the uh, Canadian... Uh, contingent got stuck up uh, because of flight problems yeah. and stuff like that. So it was just, you know, like sort of like the theme yeah, we've been reiterating. Ash, there. didn't you, <laughs> when you went to PAX East last time, didn't you book the flight like on the wrong day or something and have to change it? <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> I have to stop booking flights after I go to work. You need and a just book them, like on a Saturday morning or something. Yeah. Nice. I'm easily so, confused. Hillary, what, what is yours? So, I mean, I, I really want to say that my, my most favorite moment was the nerd appropriate mixer on Thursday night, just because I don't think I've been to a gathering where so many people were so awesome and no drama and everybody was talking, everybody was happy. But I think my all time favorite moment was um, there was one, I think it was Saturday after the cosplay um, trivia contest at the Biorbase. Everyone got into this ginormous picture and it was like the Bioware devs and Mass Effect cosplayers and Dragon Age cosplayers. And there's this picture that's now circulating around the internet. And it's just so cool to see that, you know, 
that picture of you know me being a part of the team that actually matters like so much that's to me. awesome that's incredible yeah so that that's probably my favorite moment just because there's like documented proof <laughs> like hey i was part of bioware <laughs> yeah, yeah there so, you go. yeah so that's probably my favorite but i mean they're, they're like side by side in terms of like most favorite ever so not my vorcha penis drawing is what you're saying no because your mm. vorcha penis drawing is frightening <laughs> 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 oh. it. I mean, it's a great, great artistic value, but the pointy yeah. aspect is, is is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not Sorry. into it. The uh, no. the picture that you're talking about, Hillary, is actually on Bioware's Pinterest under the PAX Prime 2012 board. Yeah, not the Vorchapenis like... drawing. The other, not one. the Vorchapenis <laughs> drawing. No, no, it's, it's a picture of the entire team, and I think that was taken on Karen Weeks's camera. Um, or cell phone, or I don't know. So there, there should be another photo that's surfacing soon. There was a professional photographer there, but that picture uh, we're all kind of looking off into different places because no one knows where to look. I love that too. So it's good times. Yeah, good times. Cool. So testasis or testasis, <laughs> McGee. Testasis. Yeah. It sounds like a drug. Anyway, um, easy. Giving at David Gator the Alistair never loved you snow globe in 2010. And to be fair, he oh. talks about it still. He talked about it at San Diego Comic Con just a few months ago. So yeah. good job. He actually, that. we talked about that briefly in the interview that we did with uh, Mr. Gator. So he uh, still uh, remembers that quite fondly. Matt, what about yourself? What is your Matt? You have the final con? word tonight. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, come, come, come. I can't I can't cop out and do the one all you guys did. Jeez. Oh, burn. Um, let's see. Was it standing me up at the Bioware base? That uh, was really good. That was a really <laughs> good one. Uh, I didn't technically stand you up, by the way. But, uh, man, I don't know. I think probably... I have, like, a really nerdy one that does not apply to the nerd-appropriate thing. But I went to South by Southwest in like 2008 or seven, seven or eight. It was like one of the first years they did the tech conference and I was there for the tech thing and then I stayed for the music. Um, but uh, the two that happened there, it was really kind of my first real conference that wasn't in Orlando. And the two things that happened there that were really awesome were I went to, I kind of just was, I was by myself and I was just kind of wandering from panel to panel. And I went to this one panel that was called like the future of JavaScript or something, but it was basically all of the people who have ever made anything awesome in JavaScript, like all these different frameworks, is like five of them, and then just arguing about why their thing is better than the person that's <laughs> next to them. <laughs> and it was actually really funny to watch, uh, but it was super web nerdy. And then the other thing that happened there was uh, long, long time friends of Scott and ours, uh, this band called that's no longer together, but they were called Nakatomi Plaza, uh, came from New York to Austin to play South by Southwest, and I just spent the next seven days basically like going around Austin with them and going to all these different shows. And we like sat outside of a fence and watched, um, watched, uh, dinosaur junior play. And we watched, uh, like all these different, just amazing things happen at South by Southwest. So it was kind of weird. I know it's not a moment, but that whole conference was just like a weird, surreal thing to me. And it falls at the same weekend as PAX East every year now. So now I have like this Sophie's choice every year to where I want to go. But so I guess that probably touring around with Nakatomi was, was one of the best things that, that I've done at a con. That's awesome. I miss those cool. dudes. They're good dudes. Good dudes. Best cool. band name ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that about 
wraps things up for um, what is bound to be part one of our PAX coverage. We're probably going to yeah. come back with some more things that we missed next week because um, we do have a little bit more to discuss and we'll probably be doing some reviews and stuff next week as well. Um, I know uh, a bunch of us are going to talk probably about Leviathan and uh, some other stuff that's coming out. So we're pretty eager to get into that. So that about wraps things up for episode 73 of the Rated NA podcast. Thank you guys always for listening. You can follow us at Nerd Appropriate on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook uh, slash Nerd Appropriate and some other places as well, I think. Right? Probably. Yeah. We have other places. Twitter, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Google+. We're, we're yeah. Ooh, we need a Pinterest. Ma- match.com slash Nerd Appropriate. Yep. Oh my god. We can start a Pinterest, I suppose. Yeah, we could start a Pinterest. We'll post pictures. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, If only there were other places on the internet to do that. All right, so (laughs) thanks for listening, guys. We will be back with more goodness. See you next week. See ya. I never saw the one with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Whatever that one was. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that one with Hercules. What was it called? Hercules? Oh, yes. That would be the one. <laughs>